Welcome to Adequate Yearly Progress, Episode 14. My name is Erin Sterling, and I'm the librarian at Eckstein Middle School in Seattle, Washington. Every episode, I interview a different teacher and find out why they became a teacher, what they like about it, and what they don't like about it. In this episode, I finally interview a fellow school librarian, so you can understand what we do and why we consider ourselves teachers. Tuesday Chambers is an energetic, enthusiastic, dynamic school librarian at McClure Middle School in Seattle, Washington, who has years of experience as a language arts and social studies teacher, and who transitioned into a school librarian a year and a half ago. Listen to Tuesday talk about the day-to-day life of a middle school librarian, why this profession brings her so much joy, and the impact she has had on a few students in particular. All right, let's go! Also, a little side note, apologies for the quality of the audio. I was testing out a new microphone and I'm still learning how to use it, but it's still an enjoyable conversation. Enjoy. Hi, Tuesday. I'm glad you're on my show. For everyone listening, this is Tuesday Chambers. She is a middle school librarian, just like me, my first librarian on the show so far, um, at McClure Middle School in Seattle, Washington. So, Tuesday, could you talk about yourself and why you became a teacher and librarian? Uh, Well, uh, I decided to become a librarian for a host of reasons. Uh, Starting in education, I'm from Eastern Washington, and I come from a whole line of educators. So, like, if you, like, sitting around the table at Thanksgiving, my husband's eyes glaze over because there's the whole, my dad was a principal and an educator, my mom, my brother is, my sister-in-law, and my other sister-in-law. So that's a lot of us to be hanging out all doing education. So, um... So that's how I kind of got into it, and then I think, specifically being a librarian, um, it's funny because I was in the car two weekends ago with friends, and they were talking about, kind of complaining about life and the environment and Congress, and you know, what do we all complain about, right? Right, right. Grousing about it. Anyway, and I remember listening to him and thinking, oh, I'm not in that place. And at one point, he actually said, I need to find more joy Tuesday. I just need to find more joy. And I didn't know what else to say besides I was like, wow, you know, that's my job every day. I do find joy in my job. And he's like, and I said, I want to be really clear. It's not the same thing as pleasure, right? It's joy. And so we talked about what does that look like? Mm -hmm. So as a librarian, I have the best job in the world. And so every day kids come to me and we talk about books and life and choices and I don't have to sit there and berate them over their test scores, right? That's not, that's not my job. My job is to open up all these worlds. And so I, on a daily basis, get joy. And what's so great is I can't name it. I can't say, okay, kids, give me some joy. You know, that's, that's not, that's not how it goes. You just have to be open to it and ready for it. And so when I was describing that to my friend in the car, he was like, you don't know how blessed you are. And I'm like, I know, right? Librarians. So it's yeah, I mean, that's, it really is. So, and I guess, and he was like, give me an example. Tell me, what does this look like? And I said, well, I don't know. Like, the other day I shared this story on Reddit about this woman, Balpreet. Balpreet, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Anyway, okay. she's Sikh. And so she has facial hair. And so this guy had um, posted uh, on Reddit how, what is this, a girl or a guy? You know, and like, and then she had responded in this beautiful, articulate way about, like, her faith and who she is. And... Every other person I know of would have been like, suck a lemon, you know, and really gone like, right back at that person. But she didn't do any of that. And then a couple days later, he responded with an apology. And not like, I'm sorry I offended you, kind of an apology, like a real, you changed my thinking. Mm -hmm. 
which how often does that happen? So I got to share all this with students, and then we were talking about people in the world who make a difference, and then reading biographies about people who make a difference, and reading nonfiction that maybe hasn't even been written yet, but it's just like this woman, who there should be a book about this woman, mm-hmm. like, because she's rad. And so that's, I mean, and that's that's joy, man. I mean, they left going, that was amazing, Miss Chambers, I feel so good. And then people all day were coming, to, anyway, so... That's an example of the joy I get as a librarian, mm-hmm. and I get a key, I get to do it every day. So yeah, great, right? And how did you how did that transition come about? Because you taught right. you taught language arts. Yeah. Okay. Social so studies. oh goodness, what else did I teach? Okay. So I started LA in social studies because okay. that's what I was trained in middle school. In middle school. Okay. So and at the time, uh, nobody wanted to do middle school. So when I was in college, I went to UW. and I ended up getting and then I ended up going to Heritage for mm-hmm. a host of reasons. But I ended up with a language arts. Certificate or degree, okay. but then I taught both language arts and social studies because at the time you could mm-hmm. if you weren't highly endorsed, and so I did that for years, and that was crazy fun. And then um, I did I got burnt out. Quite frankly, I was like all the things that we know about education. I think happened to me, and so I took a year off, and I thought I was going to go to China with my husband. Hmm. That did not occur, uh, but instead I ended up selling pharmaceuticals. Legally, <laughs> I want to say that. Uh, for, You're not weeds. No, no, not weeds. No, tiny little houses. No, um, I, so I ended up selling insulin to people, which is one of the best things. I think all teachers should take a year where they just kind of reassess. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And then I sold the heck out of insulin. I mean, we're talking crazy pants. And so, uh, which was good and bad. I hated my job every day. I would cry in the car. Um, no joy in my job at all. Um, but it made me see a different kind of job and what I was doing. And I was like, God, I really miss teaching. So I went back to, and I became a sub. And then I would just, I actually, coincidentally, at your school, I was a sub at X time, oh, like yes, almost right. every other day, okay. and or McClure, my old school. Mm-hmm. And so then from there, a job opening came up for a reading specialist. And so I got to do, so I was still in the vein of library, right? Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. to be a reading specialist for five years. Um, yeah, that was crazy. And I was some of the best experiences and some of the stuff that I used so much for me for my daily lessons mm-hmm. to, to be successful. So was that at McClure? Yeah. Okay. So then I got to do that for five years, and then I got my um, t- my principal certificate there as well. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And then, no yeah, problem. I know, it's just nuts. And then once I was there, I taught a leadership class, I taught yearbook, I taught ASB, I taught reading, I taught social studies again, and then they said, you don't have endorsement, you can't do that anymore. So anyway, so that's how it kind of came to... But then it was like, what am I doing? Like, I have this principal credential, and it makes me get, like, ulcers. I was like, I had the, yes, it's so stressful. I mean, maybe someday I'll do it, but I'm just, I look at people and I'm like, whoa, there goes my life. So, and I'm sure there are people who do it that don't lose their lives, but I don't have that ability. So I, so anyway, so I was like, who do I look around and everyone seems the happiest? Librarians. (laughs) Who are the kids like, like excited to see? Librarians. What's my job? To read amazing young adult literature. Yeah, I'll be a librarian. So that's kind of how it came to be cool yeah, oh, yeah. I, I had no idea about the principal stuff oh you didn't know yeah. no I didn't yeah. know that at all took a wicked, um, wicked walk there for a while yeah. and so you've talked mm-hmm. a little bit about it already um, but what do you like mm-hmm. about being a teacher and and specifically for since it is the best job in the world it which is the I best agree. job <laughs> and you've mentioned some things but right um so I think the things that I love about teaching is that you get to start over so sometimes I talk to my husband about like his job or I'll be at a dinner party and we'll like 
blah, blah, what do you do today? Blah, blah, what do you do? You know, like how we all do when we introduce ourselves, right? Uh, And then I talk about my day, and I'm like, oh, today we talked about, like, the Holocaust, and it's the remembrance of this week, and then we talked about how people ever could do that, and then we were specifically writing literary essays about the image of a lock of hair and how, how, how that one image, now imagine thousands of shoes, and pounds of hair, and that's only from the last months of Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. And what? Is, and how do you start an essay? And what does that look like? And so suddenly, this reading that we had done became very real when mm-hmm. we started talking about people's lives and the images. And then, I, then again, though, bringing it back to what the students had to do to show their, their skills, mm-hmm. and how, how it all just came full circle. So that's an example of like, what was the question? <laughs> Of what I do on a daily basis, of what I like. So that's an example of what I like. Uh, in terms of specifically librarian, what I love is is uh, I love the opportunity that I get to come in and out of classes, mm-hmm. and I feel like everyone's my kid. Like the, it's much more global mm-hmm. in terms of your school and in terms of the district, which is kind of cool. And um, I like that. I like working with all these different teachers, and I didn't think I would like this, but I do. I love working with science teachers and social yeah, studies teachers sure. and. Even math teachers are like, holy smokes, your brain is so different than mine. And so I have to figure out a way to make their brain and my brain work together and then share that information with kids. And then when a kid gets something, it's like gold. You know, like, I leave at the end of the day and I'm like, ah, oh, I made no difference. So, you know, which is hot. <laughs> Lots of people like have middle school for a while. Yeah. Did you specifically choose middle school? Were you thinking of high school or elementary at any point? Right. Like, I, one, uh, my mom is an elementary teacher, mm-hmm. so I was like, ooh, no. <laughs> That's, uh, and I am going to lay down the law right now and say the hardest working teachers on the planet are elementary teachers. I don't care what anybody says, who wants to argue, you can go suck a lemon because it is an elementary teacher. They never stop. So that's the first thing. I was like, I would be, I would be too tired. Uh, two, um, I like LA too much, but I thought I was going to be a high school teacher. I was like, I'm going to be an AP high school teacher. And then I taught at a high school in Hawaii for a little bit. I forgot that part of my journey. <laughs> and um, it was in this really interesting high school that I had such a good time with. It's um, Castle High School, really close to Kaneohe. And if anybody knows um, Oahu, you know that I was across the water. And uh, but I lived in Waikiki, so I would travel. Okay. I would drive 25 minutes, and they all thought I was nutballs. They were like, <laughs> "Why would you drive so far?" And I'm like, "It's 25 minutes, people. Don't go to LA." You know. So I would drive this. This and at that high school was known for being super, um, a lot of racial tension, uh-huh. and uh, just really hard. Uh, to teach at and I had the best time ever but I thought wow you're almost too late and I hate to say that because I don't want any high high school teachers or high school librarians to think that's possible because I I, there are some amazing people out there that can do it but I got there and I was like what if I had got to them four years earlier Mm -hmm. or five years earlier or if I and because a lot of the kids I taught I taught pregnant teens man they were some bitter birds if you have three kids by the time you're 16 you have seen some life so um, I thought god what if I had had them earlier and they actually had learned to read or they actually had learned to do their homework or they actually had someone advocating for them Mm -hmm, earlier mm -hmm. so um that's what i went into so i decided middle school's my jam it is (laughs) (laughs) i know we're like have the same job so we're like yeah (laughs) go team i think everyone thinks that middle school is going to be terrible teaching (gasps) because going to middle school was not the best. No, most people. right. And you have this so much fun. 
Right. And I heard a, a teacher describe it similarly, where it's kind of your last chance yeah. to like turn them around because by the time they get to high school, you're either you're a student or you're not. Not that you don't have the last chance because high school teachers do amazing things. They really do, and I don't want to diss what they're doing either. But I just kept thinking, what if I got there earlier? Could you talk so that you're since you're my first librarian, librarian? Could you talk a little bit about what's what's the daily life of a librarian, right. um, and how is it different than when you were teaching? You, I guess you mentioned a little bit in terms of you're going into different classes, but especially yeah. middle school librarian, I think is a, a different brand even than elementary. Oh, for sure, for sure, right? Um, and my and I'm different than say you or uh, some people we know, Chris or Stacia, yeah. but um, in that. So I have one of the smallest middle schools in the city. Mm-hmm. So I am very blessed in that I have 540 students, which a lot of teachers in the school district, that's an elementary. Yeah. So to have such a small middle school means that I get a little more, I would say, flexibility mm-hmm. in, ter- in terms of I can hit more angles when I want to. Mm-hmm. So what I do is every other week, I see every single student in the school. That's so cool. I know. People yeah, are like, are you kidding me? Else. I know. So I have this relationship with everyone. Yeah. So it means that my circulation stats, it means that my, I know what kids are reading all times. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like in, in their business mm-hmm. pretty much. Okay. So, but with, and with that means that with all the LA teachers, I also know their business. And so we we're co-teaching a lot, um, like reading skills, mm-hmm. even writing work. So I get this beautiful every, so every day I see like what the first, that one week where I have everyone, I see the whole school. And then at lunches, I, um, supervise kids. So I have between 20 to 100 kids in the library at a time, which I'm sure is fire code. But anyway, uh, but, and then, so then, and then the whole time I'm doing at lunch, we're talking about books. I have TAs that are trying to get books in kids' hands. We're playing games. Uh, We're, like, this month is African American Heritage Month, and so we're doing, um, like, we drew all the inventions from famous African Americans through history, which totally didn't know anything about that, which was kind of cool. So there's always events going on in the library to get kids in, Um, and so that's going on. And now weekends right and the next week starts and that's the week that I get to kind of plug in Mm -hmm. different classes um, and different people Mm -hmm. so that's the time that I work with different teachers and so my day will look like maybe on Monday I do a lot of the logistics like Mm -hmm. barcoding or shelving or but a lot of it's meeting with teachers and planning and prepping and calling back bookstores for author visits and all that stuff that you're not really sure where to put that goes in that week. And so, um, and we just started a new iPad pilot program at my school, which I'm so excited. Uh, so these crazy awesome teachers were like, I'll do it. I'll do everything under the sun so I can get iPads in my class, which is crazy hard. And so they, so I'm going to be co-teaching with them during that week. And we're going to be doing learning walks in people's classrooms who have iPads and we're trying out different things. And, um, yeah, so that's that. That'll be a lot of it's kind of starting just now. So. Yeah, yeah. But what is, so what is an iPad pilot program? So this, yeah, what is it? Good, great question. So I know it's like created. It's so cool. Uh, well, I we'll see. We'll find out at the at the end. Uh, but uh, a lot of times it feels like technology. I think this for anyone over the age of like twenty, uh, it feels like it's constantly moving. You constantly need to keep up, and if you don't, you're kind of messed over because you're going to be left in the dust. So one of the things that ha- is happening is there are so many opportunities for students to be challenged on iPads mm-hmm. because of the applications on them, and it's really dynamic, mm-hmm. and it's changing. And it's, you're not just a user of information, but a producer. Mm-hmm. So 
What we did is I went to my very generous, amazing PTSA at McClure Middle School and said, hey, we have this tech funding that you got at our last fundraiser. Can we use that money to get 20 iPads, so two, two to one in most classrooms? Um, and then I had already previously from another grant had seven mini iPads. Uh -huh. So I gave the, the five of them out to teachers. And I said, let's do this. And so they're going to get one day each week, every week. So they'll have iPads, 20 iPads in their classroom. And then their job and is to come up with lesson plans and content they already do and find existing ways to utilize these iPads mm -hmm. to generate engagement, to um, improve test scores, to, to make students more excited. To have, um, for some teachers, it's different. Like mm -hmm. science, they talked about it using 3D models. And be able to actually create organelles, right? But in LA, they were like, it would be amazing to do an infographic and uh -huh. then have a digital example of the learning they're doing versus let's stop with the crayons and the glue and the poster, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, so it, it, and then we have um, special education math students who are missing skills, foundational skills in math. So they would look like they maybe play some more games. It seems like they're playing a game, but in reality, they're learning these foundational math right, skills. Yeah. So the iPads are looking, they look different in every classroom, which is my goal. I want, to be able to go back to the PTSA, back to grant writers, and be like, these are so amazing. Please get me thousands more. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or at cool. least, you know, 500 Did you more. specifically choose teachers who, from different subject areas? Yeah. So when they applied, they had, there was an application process, mm -hmm. and then I scored them and yeah. the whole bit of business. Um, and I purposely, and I had to actually tell two teachers, I'm sorry, I couldn't pick you. I already have someone in this and your, their application was a little stronger mm -hmm. for these reasons. So, And then it was interesting, like, uh, when I showed who was in the program, mm -hmm. different teachers, once who hadn't even applied, were like, oh, that's interesting that you picked people from all different disciplines. <laughs> like, it was noted. So I think, yeah, yeah. and I think they were interested in how it was going to be used in their discipline. Right, right. Which was kind of, and so I'm trying to, like, infiltrate and get everybody more so tech cool. savvy. Without yeah. me coming in and be like, you need to use an iPad. And then all they do is check their email on it. That yeah, doesn't yeah. seem bad. <laughs> Which, good luck. I know, right? <laughs> Over the, the SPL service. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what was an early challenge for you about teaching or librarian? Um, I think with every, I think this would probably be every teacher, mm -hmm. resources and time. Mm -hmm. There is one, you're just never done. And then when you get there, um, it doesn't matter how affluent your school is, your students are, there are just things that you can't give them whether it be time or whether it be actual things like lunch or breakfast. I mean, it just, it wears on you. So you, and you feel this sort of compassion for them, but then it, it, it it's also um, damaging to you because you're, you're, you have so much empathy that you get bogged down in that. And sometimes you get paralyzed with it. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was super frustrating um, to know that there's just sometimes I can't make a difference. Yeah. Um, I can, I can make a difference in every student, but not in every instance, every time. And people are like, of course, but I'm like, no, no, you need people that are naive and think they, <laughs> think they can change the world because that's what you're doing. You're changing the world. So um, in terms of frustrating, becoming a librarian for me was frustrating in that your job is constantly being put on the line. Yeah. So it's one of those, and I understand why, because you're not constantly in front of students. And you choose as a middle school librarian how your day looks. Mm -hmm. Right, so if I was a librarian that was like, I like my office, I'm gonna chill out in my office. And I was like, no, no, don't use those books. No, keep them on the shelves where no children can read them, but they're all, my library looks pristine and perfect, right? I, I, I don't know how long I'd have a job, to be quite frank, but like, but that could be my life for a little bit. Yeah, well, or, or it's about making relationships, so you yeah. have all these great ideas. But teachers have their are protective of their time. Yeah, uh, which we don't is want you. Not that I found I have great staff that I work with, 
I love Eckstein. I love the staff there. They have reached out to me, and I've reached out to them. But there are times when I'm like, oh, I have this great idea, and I have to figure out how to fit it in with what they're already doing. Right. Because they are under the gun. With time. Um, yeah. With time. And the tests. Or we, but in different sorts of ways. And yes. And the only thing I would say is that they're not constantly every single spring on the chopping block oh, losing yeah, their totally. jobs, right? And we are. So, and last spring I did lose my job, like temporarily, and it was very stressful. And it's, and I, and, and I'm probably like preaching to the choir because there's a bunch of elementary librarians that are like, yeah, welcome to my life. So I'm like, oh, it's terrible. So hopefully the new, the new bill that's going into Congress will make a difference. I'm not super, um, thinking that that will be voted the way I want it to, but I'm hoping so. Yeah. So that's probably my biggest frustration is if we say we're about kids as a country, we need to be about kids. And if we say we're about education, we need to be about education. I don't know any person that says, no, it's not a big deal. You don't know how to read. Right. No, I don't know a single soul that says, it's okay. You don't read very well. Yeah. No, we don't. Oh, no, I'm not a very good reader. No, people don't say that. And they don't say it for a reason. Yeah. So I, I think it's, that's probably my most frustrating. Like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of the things that you can change, or not necessarily change, but like the resources time, are there strategies you've learned mm -hmm. over the years that have helped you deal with that? Right. Um, avoiding getting burned out or or not. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, there's a couple, like there's two or three things. Uh, one of them seems crazy. One of them is my TA program. So I have these little minions, I call them, <laughs> uh, and they're awesome. And they're the kids that choose to be in the library. And what's funny is I purposely, um, in this year specifically I did, purposely pick stu some students who um, maybe are not in the library enough, but I want to like reach out and grab them. And so then I have them be um, sort of mini librarians. Mm -hmm. So I talk about how, how much you like a, the library. It depends on them. Just like you like a subject in class in school because of the teacher. Mm -hmm. They are like the teacher. So they talk about books. They do book talks. They um, walk around. They, of course, do the shelving and the checking out and the checking in and all of that. But they also come up with our programs. And they're also on our library advisory. And they also uh, do a lot of the um, going out to classes mm -hmm. and talking up different programs and or books that we're trying to get in people's hands. And they organize and run our book club for cool. students. So, like, so that... The reason that helps with resources and time is one, I'm not physically doing it. Right. Yes. Right. Two, I get to see them fly. Like I get to see them be this amazing little human doing this stuff that I think is rad. And in a way, I wouldn't necessarily do it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a different angle that I think is cool, and they fill out this ownership. And then when they see one group doing it, then another one does it. And recently, we just had an author visit, and the oh. kids, the kids completely organized it. And they were, it was super cute, the author, like, Instagram, little photos of them together and stuff. And they were so excited, but way more excited than I would have been organizing the event. Right. And it went off without a single hitch. So, cool. yeah, so I would say that helps with resources and time. And then just trying to um, feed your own soul in terms of, um, like, the events or activities or way I put my energy into the school mm -hmm. and the students. So if I know that I'm burnt out. There are going to be times that, and I have to say, because I'm I'm not as, as focused today. I'm going to do book talks, but I'm not going to have as much fire. Or I'm going to have my TAs help me with book talks because I'm actually sick. That sickness has been going on. Um, or um, so I, I am really aware of my boundaries, and um, and I try to make sure that I delegate appropriately. Right. So do you think that you learned that partly when when you did decide to take a year? Yeah. 
Yeah. And but that was something you had to change if you were going to come back. Right. Because you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. And <laughs> right. Like crazy definition of crazy. Um, and I, I think that it helps to kind of change up what you do mm-hmm. a little bit. And so I kind of do that every five or six years mm-hmm. and that was part of it. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, what are moments that have made you feel like you are in the right place at the right time? Uh, <laughs> I just had a student, uh, this student, um, her name is Ariane Weston, I hope she's listening to this. Uh, uh, she was in my reading improvement class, and then uh, she's graduated as of last year, yay, go Ariane. Um, and when she was in my reading improvement class, she came in and uh, reading was not her bag. I would not, and I think she would She would also agree that she, reading was not her strength above other things, and she really didn't enjoy it. And so I remember thinking, how can I change this for her? And every day was a struggle. Like, I don't want to do this. I, don't wanna... I was like, welcome to the world of reality, right? And <laughs> we have we... to do things. Right, this is called a growing up. So, uh, so, but we found books she liked, and I would do read-alouds, and we'd be together. And I just kept reminding her how important it is to lose yourself in a book. Mm-hmm. And so last year, she stopped by. And I haven't seen her in probably, I don't know, like four years. Because mm-hmm. um, I've been doing other things. And she stopped by, and she's like, Ms. Chambers, Ms. Chambers, Ms. Chambers. And told her I was a librarian. She's like, oh, like sad because I was like, no, no, I still teach kids. And she's like, oh, good. She's like, I want you to know how much I'm reading. And so she whips out her phone, which I don't read on my phone, but she does. She's like, look at this book I just read. This was great. And this one and this one. And so she just started listing off all these books. And I looked at her and I go, are you just telling me this to make me feel better? She goes, looks at me like, are you kidding me? No. She goes, I love to read. And I was like, oh. And then my little insides melted. And I was like, right. And so I thought, and, and so we just talked about how, all those days that we were, she was, I wasn't necessarily miserable, but yeah, yeah. maybe a little, um, because of her uh, sadness, but, uh, but all those days mattered, like, mm-hmm. and, and to get to where we are right now, so, and I, if I think about being a librarian, if I can turn one kid on to reading, or a book, whatever it may look like, or a podcast, or whatever, whatever way we get information in, mm-hmm. I think is super valuable and exciting. Yeah. So. And. Jumping in, what are some favorite books you've read? Lately? Oh God, um, I feel like I need to get my Goodreads list out. Uh, I know that's how I always. I'm feel. like, oh. you can take a moment to think, because I can always edit. Um, I will say, so I really liked uh, the Tyrant's Daughter. Oh, I thought that I've was meaning to read that. creepy and amazing. So I'm putting on my list this summer for kids because I think when we talk about people of different cultures, specifically the Middle East, mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine our worlds in a different place. And so she's removed from her world and put in ours. So you can kind of see her perspective, which is crazy cool. Uh, um, I really liked. There, well, there's like there's a couple that I really really loved. I loved um, love and the the invariable reality of love. I gotta look it up. But okay. um, if you like Fault in Our Stars, okay, this is a jaw dropper. So uh, love, heartache, um, a little bit of a, a, a total lot, a whole lot of angst. Uh, I do love Carter Finally Gets It, which is completely raunchy, and I will not put it on a book list because it's terribly awesome. It's so raunchy. It's so raunchy uh, but I can get any boy to read that, and they'll be like, ha, 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 any more like this, Chambers? And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, uh, but I love Carter Finally Gets It for a good laugh. I love Graceling. I just reread that the other day. I love the, um, I love Ender's Game. Yeah. I'll always love Ender's Game. Um, uh, so... Um, what other I I could do those are good yes, so I'm going to keep going I was like I can go all day yeah. mm-hmm. that's weird okay, no, I'll have to start a book podcast too because you're like no right good idea 
Um, Maybe that's a good idea. What, what advice do you have for people who are thinking of becoming teachers? Uh, it's so funny you ask me this because uh, I usually, when I talk to people, I try to counsel them out of it, uh, <laughs> which sounds terrible. I sound like okay. a jerk. But how people answer that way. Uh, because I, it is not for the faint of heart. Like, it, you need to be ready to do some serious battle. And I mean not just battle in terms of with students. I'm talking, like, hoops you have to jump through to become a teacher and what and the incredible stress you have with these standardized tests that never seem to end that are not a true depiction of students because it's on one moment in one day um but are never going to end it looks like uh that for a small rant i gotta say um if for one second parents or i don't know congressmen and women had to take these tests i'd like to see what would happen then I call for a revolt. Anyway, um, so uh, I, I believe in evaluations, but I think that we've become test happy. So, um, and so what would I tell people? I would tell people, one, um, make sure you're in it for the right reasons. So sometimes I'll have friends of mine be like, oh, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Maybe I'll do that when I retire. And I'm like, uh, and then whatever there. I'm like, maybe I'll be a, be, a, be a VP at Starbucks when I retire. And their faces are like, I'm like, do you think I just showed up here? Like I came out of like an, a stork brought an egg and I cracked open and here I am. Like this is a lot of work. So when I talk to people about how much is involved and what my day looks like and how it never ends. And then I also, I, because being a librarian means you're constantly reading. Yep. So, which I love passionately, but like people are like, what do you do? I'm like, work. What do you do now? Work. Are you still reading a book? Yes, it's work, which I'm like, in my head, right? The best, the best part, not grading, but reading books is yes work, yes it is. That really it, it is super important so um i would make sure they're in it for the right reasons i would make sure they understand they had they would um shadow someone before they even go into it in college mm-hmm. like shadow not for a day yeah and then shadow a kid for a day not just an adult but a kid yeah. like what is what does education look like now because mm-hmm. it's very different than when i was a youngster yes so um and then i would say uh to find a program that was not necessarily the most expensive um, I've had amazing professors at um, different schools that were not considered the most perfect top, but because the other ones were more expensive, they thought they were better, and they weren't. Mm-hmm. You find seeds of greatness. I, I mean, obviously, be cautious about where you go to school and make sure it fits like, your, like your your. Make sure it's giving you the Right. Make sure it gets you the right. Cr- yeah, absolutely. That'll get you stuck. So, um, so those are just, I mean, a couple of things. Yeah. So. I guess you mentioned that every five to six years you're looking for a change. Mm-hmm. So have you ever thought, not that you're in the librarian field, which you haven't been for super long. Have no, you, do you this think is my second leaving? So what I think about, which is interesting you asked this, when I was getting my credential at UW, all of the people in my second cohort, and like a big chunk in my first, um, were international teachers hmm. and becoming international librarians. And so I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's my change. Maybe I don't stay at Seattle Public Library forever or sorry, Seattle Public Schools forever. <laughs> um, but he didn't like it either, I guess. Uh, but I actually go overseas and do some of this work overseas and become like this new person culturally. So that's, I think, my next jam. And we actually just talked, my husband and I just talked about what that would look like, how we, are, we need to set our lives up now yep. for the next three to seven years, whatever. Sure. I'd like to think sooner, but you know how life gets away from you. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so internationally. And everyone's like, well, where do you want to go? And I'm like... Somewhere that makes financial sense, but somewhere that is completely different mm-hmm. than where I'm living now. So everyone's like, what about Spain or France? I'm like, that's, no. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, those, uh, right? Those are amazing, beautiful places. But every time I talk to one of those teachers about their favorite place they've taught at, 
um, or been a librarian or whatever, um, they would say, oh, uh, Ghana. Oh, uh, like the uh, Uganda. Oh, like crazy places that I'm like, really? Seriously? And they're like, yeah, it was intense and amazing. So I keep thinking that I need to be open to that. So yeah. that's my next jam. That's so much fun. I yeah. Yeah, my husband has an international business degree, so he's oh, already sorry, ready to yeah. jam. We like to travel. He's such a rebel. Well, that's a lot. I mean, who's so. kidding who, right? That's a lot. So. Um, and I guess kind of wrapping up, we could talk for hours and hours, but I will right. eventually eat your dinner. Oh, yeah. That, let's hope that's not my dinner, but my cooking um, skills. Woo. Are there other students or classes that stand out in your mind? You uh, mentioned the one who came back. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a ton. So... I have one student, um, Haley Jenkins, who's kind of my little, my, she's my heart, and I've known her since she's fifth grade, and so she uh, came in fifth grade, and I was teaching ASB at the time, <laughs> and she's like, uh, hello, and she, had these, she came in fifth grade, she, well, because they were doing a tour, oh, and okay. I was there, and you're like, why is she coming in, shouldn't she be at school, <laughs> yeah, you're right, uh, that night, and she came in, she brought her mom, and her grandma, and her little brother in second grade, I was like, what is going on, and uh, she sat down, and she's like, I want to be an ASB. And I was like, oh, that's nice. She had the chubbiest cheeks ever. Um, and I was like, that's nice, thinking I would never see her again because right, yeah. who sees people after that? Uh, and then the very next year, she showed up and she signed up for my classes. And I taught reading improvement at the time, so she didn't need that. Um, but she signed up for my classes and then later she became my TA and then later she became my leadership student. And um, to this day, we still talk and um, go out for tasties or dinner. And um, she just called me because she got into college. And Aww. yeah, and so when I think about like, how there are moments in time that you change someone and for her it was ASB and in, in some ways reading because she was not the biggest woo about reading either yep, yep. Um, but I keep thinking about like who are the people that leave those indelible marks mm -hmm. like when you leave your water glass on a piece of paper and it has you can never get that out like it's yep. there yo um, that's that's us with kids so Haley's definitely one um, I would say um, a bunch of my reading students I could I mean so many of them stand out that I, I mean, how many do you want? Like, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Just a few. Just to give an example, I think part of it is, is it's interesting to hear how different people have cultivated relationships because that's right. what strikes me when I'm having these conversations is usually it's some sort of relationship that either maybe didn't start great or started right. on kind of a rocky footing right. and then moved on or maybe just started really great and you clicked in some way or, or sometimes it's just a class that clicks. You know, like some right. there's a certain groups that are funnier yeah for sure uh so um a bunch of my reading because i've only been a librarian for a year mm -hmm. yeah. um but a bunch of my reading improvement students uh oftentimes i would get the family and so uh one particular kid uh kibram uh, -huh. uh he uh <laughs> i got his sister i got him i got his brother <laughs> Um, and so his parents and I became really familiar with one another. And uh, what was interesting is that uh, for all three of them, they were with me all three years. So sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, which is intense, right? And you think, like, yeah. when are you going to get out of this reimprovement class? But if you think about where they started and then where they ended. Um, and then we got to be kind of a family, mm -hmm. which is really kind of cool. Yeah, so, and then, I, I mean, literally, because it was his sister mm -hmm. and his brother and him. So that's a lot. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I would think I run into him once in a while, so that's nice. Uh, and you, I couldn't, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I recently got friended on Facebook, dating myself because I still use Facebook, but uh, by this kid named Muhammad, and he was in my um, 
LA class at the very beginning, like my second year. So he's older. Yeah. Uh, thank God. And uh, so I do not friend children. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, and he has a little girl now and he's married and he's doing wonderful Aww. things. And he's so sweet. And he wrote the nicest uh, comments on my little message to me, the Aww. message to me. And just, and, and I just get to see how he's, how, what he's become as a person. And so yeah. we talk once in a while about books or what he's reading and, so none of that has changed. So our relationship in that respect is the same. But in terms of who he is now and who I am now, we've grown and we've changed. And now we're, we're but we still appreciate one another. Mm-hmm. And I don't think um, you can't you can't fake that. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you reach out to someone otherwise, right? Like you actually want a real relationship with someone. So, um, so yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. For yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah. That's the end of my show. Thanks for listening. You can find future episodes on adequatereallyprogress.com, iTunes, and now the Microsoft Podcast app. Thanks to the band Inspira's song, Follow the Waves, for the upbeat music you are dancing to right now. Thanks to freesound.org for the Creative Commons license for user S-B-Y-A-N-D-I-J-I's alarm bell sound, user Totia's yeah sound, and user Mental Sanity Off for the background chatter sound. Thanks, and talk to you next on April 12th.